1: Coming to you live from the Quick and Loan Studios, National Mortgage Lender, Quick and Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855 212 4 CBS, 855 212 4 Send the tweets, send them hot at Ken Carmen, C A R M A N. I asked who's real at the beginning of the show. Week 16, who's real? I mean, not just who's in, who's out, anything like that. That's easy. But who's real? Because you look through the AFC. Kansas City, Houston, New England. You have Baltimore that's there. You have Pittsburgh that's there. Technically, they're an eight seed right now. The Chargers are in that mix. Tennessee, Indianapolis right now is the sixth seed in the AFC. Pittsburgh I can't take seriously, and I made this mention before. I don't like calling for guys' jobs. When you go for it on fourth and five and you fail on fourth and five at your own 40-something yard line with four and change left, one, you're afraid, you're coaching afraid of Drew Brees. Two, the moment's too big for you. Hey, Drew Brees might be one of the most prolific guys out there. I'd still rather him go 90 yards than 50. So I, I know it was explained very well by Howard Balzer. No fault with his explanation. And you can find that interview at CBSportsradio.com. No fault in his explanation whatsoever. I think that you're afraid. If we're talking about guys who are afraid to win, guys who are coaching not to lose, that is the definition of it. I think it's overused. I think that you say that about guys who you want to take serious risks. That was a serious risk. That was a huge pills move, but it was really just crazy. And now for Mike Tomlin and that team where you had, and Ben Roethlisberger's at fault for this as well. When you say that you reserve the right to criticize your wide receivers in the middle of a postseason run and you say that publicly, great, because that team just always loves their drama, don't they? If you're Mike Tomlin and, and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and to let that division slip through your fingers where you had, again, Cincinnati that has Marvin Lewis, who is the Milton of the, NA, of the AFC North. He just continues to collect a check somehow. You have Hugh Jackson, who started out the year in Cleveland and is now as a special assistant to Hugh Jackson, or to Marvin Lewis because Mike Brown, I guess, is the reason behind all that. You have John Harbaugh, who seems to be coaching for his life at every single turn. Pittsburgh should have walked away with that division Patriots style. And you let that slip through your fingers, and then you turn around. And this is why i kind got to say, boy, it, does, it shouldn't look good for you. He'll keep his job because it's the Steelers and it's the Roonies, and, and they know more about it than I do, and they do things the right way. He'll keep his job, but you've put the future of your hands, or you put the future of your football team in the hands of of the Cleveland Browns. And to me, that's reckless. That's, to me, the same thing as you putting your children in the hands of John Gacy. it just, no, you don't do that. The Browns are an up-and-coming football team. It's still the Browns, and they're not going to be favored against Baltimore. And for Ben Roethlisberger and, and Antonio Brown and the talent that they have on that team to not make the playoffs, that's a sacrilege. 855-212-4CBS. New Orleans, the Rams... Chicago, Dallas, Seattle, Minnesota. God, I love Seattle. I love Russell Wilson. I love that he's an elite quarterback, and I underline the word elite, and he keeps that team's head above water. It's the same reason I love Indianapolis. The comeback story of Andrew Luck right now, they're in the postseason. It could change by the end of this coming week. However, they're in the postseason right now, and Andrew Luck's been fantastic. And when you look at elite quarterbacks, that's the first thing you got to see. Look at the rosters that they have compared with other rosters around the league. Do they keep their team's heads above water as they start to rotate that talent out? Russell Wilson is doing it. Andrew Luck obviously doing it. Both have bright futures once they start to get things going in the directions that they want them to go. It's going to take general managers like Ballard and and like Schneider to do a great job, but they can do that with those quarterbacks. Then I look at a situation with a general manager that's not doing a great job. And there are times where we get harebrained ideas when we get guys calling into Sports Talk Radio. There's guys that we think have brilliant ideas, even as fans. And so many times we tell you that, well, fans can't really do this. The average fan can't do that. I'm looking at what John Elway's doing right now, a guy who fell bass-ackwards into Peyton Manning. And I think, man, any Broncos fan could do what John Elway's doing right now. Over this period of time, you had Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's a prolific legend. You've done a fantastic job. You had John Fox. You made one run with John Fox and things went to hell. You fired John Fox. You brought in Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak was what? A name that you've heard of before? So you went and you got Gary Kubiak. Then, in this latest draft, where you could have drafted a quarterback, you could have had some semblance of a future there. Yes, I know how great Bradley Chubb is, but when you're not making the playoffs, you're just wasting years of those prime time players. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are great. They don't have the shelf life of what a quarterback is supposed to have. You, in turn, sign Case Keenum. Whenever there's been a time for John Elway to make a decision, he's failed. Any time that John Elway's ever had a chance to make a strong decision for his football team, he's failed in that decision. Whenever it's been right there for him, based on names he's heard, Peyton Manning, Gary Kubiak, Bradley Chubb, which everybody penciled even a pick earlier or still in the top five, He's made that pick. Daffy Duck could have drafted Bradley Chubb. Your uncle, your drunk uncle you're going to see tomorrow during Christmas Eve dinner could have brought in Peyton Manning if Peyton Manning wanted to play for his football team. Same thing with Gary Kubiak, who has been a good coach in the past. Anytime he's had to really make a decision for himself, when he let go of Brock Osweiler and everybody loved him, oh my God, John, you saved all that money. You didn't make the playoffs, so it doesn't matter. He drafted Paxton Lynch on a sensational bust. Took Chubb instead of a quarterback. Yeah, well, there's a question there. Hired Vance Joseph as his head coach, who he's now about to fire at the end of this year. Signed Case Keenum to an $18 million contract. These are the things when people call in and they say, Hey, you know, we ought to bring in Peyton Manning. And people laugh at him as a caller. John Elway's doing that. It's a tough job, and I know I'm talking about basically the Messiah in Denver and in saying that he's not doing a great job as a general manager, but here you are yet again, letting Von Miller go to waste, letting a good defense go to waste. You have very little on the offensive side. Phillip lindsay has been fantastic, obviously, but here you are again. Not going to the postseason. So it all becomes a waste if you're not going to the postseason. You're either growing or you're dying. And if you're dying, at least die with some sort of purpose. But where you're at is some weird purgatory, and it's all by your doing because there's no big names out there. And are you really shocked that there's a possibility, according to Jason Locke and Fora, that if John Harbaugh goes, you're going to fire Vance Joseph anyway, but then you'll go after John Harbaugh. And I'm sure Jim Harbaugh will be brought up at some point because these are names you know. Any scouting, any real, good, strong decision, that may have been made by the late, great Tom Heckert. That might have been made by somebody else. But when it comes to the actual decisions that are made, he has failed. He's a Super Bowl-winning general manager and president and all that stuff, thanks to Peyton Manning, thanks to the same thing that any sports talk radio caller would ever call in with. 855 4 cbs Speak of the devil, Andrea in the Bay Area. I wanted to make sure I gave you some time, so I wanted to take you next. So that's why I stopped for a moment, Andrea. How you doing tonight, my dear?
2: Oh, thanks, Can I appreciate that. Happy holidays, winter solstice, full moon, quite the cosmic trifecta. Merry Christmas.
1: Same to you. Same to you about all of it. Now, Andrea, you have me some good astrology. I put you to task. Yes. You went back to Virgo and service and unpaid testimonial, folks. VirgoandService.com, Unpaid testimonial. And you got my astrology for Baker Mayfield because I'm worried, Andrea. I'm worried that this thing could go the way of the 49ers next year where everybody's excited, Mm -hmm. everybody thinks that they're going to return to some glory years with the Cleveland Browns, and then something horrific happens. Can you calm my fears the way that you couldn't calm my fears about the 49ers, even though I never asked
2: you? Yes, in fact, uh, Ken, I think it was quite prophetic that you asked me last week. You gave me homework. You said, Why don't you look at uh, Baker Mayfield's astrology chart? And I said, Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, give me some time. Happy to take a look. And uh, yeah, all systems go. I've got those April- cancers.
1: They are taskmasters. And here I am throwing <laughs> you on there. Go ahead. I beg Happen your pardon. Happy to
2: be of service. Uh, let's see. I've got April 14, 1995,
1: Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. for Baker
2: Mayfield. And he's in Aries, and I mentioned this, three weeks after um, Nick Mullins, which he's uh, March 21, 95. So Aries, uh, first son of the Zodiac, inspiring, daring, childlike, you know, very confident and assertive, exuberant, courageous. I mean, he just captivated the crowd today. He's a game changer. Ooh. You know, as what's that saying? He checks all the boxes. <laughs> That's
1: what we like to say during the draft time. We really don't know what it means. It's just something that sounds good.
2: Okay. Well, Let's say this. The football gods and goddesses are smiling upon him very kindly. Um, He has Jupiter in Sagittarius, and Jupiter is currently in Sagittarius. He's having a Jupiter return, which is a new cycle every 12 years, a lucky year. And he has Mars in Leo. And you've probably heard me say Mars is a crucial planet for an athlete. Mm. It rules energy, assertion, and aggression. So Mars in Leo is very strong, proud, ambitious, strong ego drive. He likes to be number one, very energetic, competitive. And Jupiter in Sagittarius is making a harmonious aspect to his Mars in Leo, giving him even more energy and vitality. So this is really, you know, that old saying when Jupiter aligns with Mars, this is Mm -hmm. about... as good as it gets, this is a really confident, assured, highly effective cycle for him. So, uh, you know, he, he, he really, uh, you know, galvanized the crowd. And this is just a real turnaround for the Browns. I don't have to tell you. That was really quite inspiring.
1: Well, So, so th- that is something that I, I feel better about. But nothing horrible is going to happen to him next year, is it? Because they got some winning they got to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, a couple of power struggles here and there, but, you know... Oh, you don't of,
1: say. Hold on. In 19, you're saying there's going to be a power struggle?
2: Some power struggles, but outside of that, oh uh, he looks confident and optimistic. It's nothing he can't deal with, but, mm. um, you know, this is a very high-energy cycle for him, and I feel confident that he will continue. Um, you know, I'm like a cosmic umpire. I get mo- most calls right? So so I feel confident that he'll be successful as well. And I really like the way he, um, you know, just galvanized the crowd and the team and just, you know, got people excited. And, you know, is ending the season on a high note, not unlike similar to Jimmy G last year when Jupiter was in Scorpio and he stepped in and turned the franchise around.
1: All right. Uh, Well, I tell you what, Andrea, you made me feel a little bit better.
2: Good. I'm glad to assuage any and all of your fears.
1: Thank you very much. Her Twitter handle is at Virgo in Service. Her website is Virgo in Service. Unpaid testimonial. Check it out. It ain't just some hocus pocus. She knows what the hell she's talking about. Andrea, all the best. Have a wonderful holiday.
2: Yes, and if your listeners would like a free winter solstice astrology newsletter, just let me know and mention the Ken Carmen Show for uh, an extra special
1: there you go andrea thank you very much Thanks, all the best
2: happy holidays
1: same to you andrea in the bay area i'm a subscriber it's good stuff folks Tell yeah right now 855 212 cbs we got calls we'll get to him and also he's done everything you can do in football except one that coming up later. The sensational Peter Schwartz joins me next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I've gotten responses on this all night. Peter, I got to get your thoughts, buddy. Okay. You have Jared and Bradley, right? Bradley yeah. and Jared. Right. Are they? What are they named after? Did you guys just like the names?
3: Well, in, in the Jewish religion, you usually name after an initial. So Bradley' is middle name is Mitchell. So the B is for my father because uh, his first initial was a B.
1: Wow, and really? And Mitchell
3: with, with M because it's Cheryl's grandfather.
1: Oh. And then
3: um, Jared is Jared Franklin. So the J is for my friend who passed away a number of years ago. Okay. And uh, the uh, F is for... Uh, Cheryl's grandmother. Really? Yes. Wow, that's interesting stuff. Yeah, so I didn't know use, that's how. Use the initials for the first and the middle name.
1: You know, I think I know the fine folks in the Jewish religion, mm-hmm. and it changed. I learned something new every single time. There you go. I thought I knew, and I didn't know. Uh, we're. I tried. A bit I of a... tried
3: to sell Cheryl when Bradley was when we were getting ready to uh, look for names for our first child. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew we needed an M for the middle name. When I was trying to sell. Cheryl on Munson for the middle name, and she did, didn't quite. I, she didn't discount it right off the bat, but then as as we thought about it, we went looking for other names.
1: Now, when was he born?
3: So he was born on uh, December second, two thousand and five.
1: So this was after Kingpin, because you know you'd rather not get Munson in certain <laughs> places. So okay, but Thurman yeah. Munson, obviously yeah. a Canton fella, just like yes. I am. So. So but he's a legend. See, that's where it makes sure. sense. I'm having a bit of a problem here, Peter, and I brought okay. this up on the show earlier and I, I, I guarantee I'm going to bring this up in the mornings at one point. Is my wife is pretty smitten with the name Baker for our third son. Ah. And my mother-in-law texted her this this afternoon during the Browns game and she goes, "You know what? It's a good name. Baker's a good name." And I just think it's absolutely ridiculous for me yeah. to name my son Baker.
3: You agree? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I don't like the name. I don't like it the does.
1: name. It, it add, well, it's not even I, – I. you know what? I got to tell you, if I was 15 years old and then in 10 and 15 years I was having kids, maybe Baker might be in there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Peter. Yeah. But I got to tell you here, one, I'm on the radio in Cleveland. It's weird. Yeah. Two, if he's a person, he's fallible. How many LeBrons are out there right now? Yeah. Yeah. And LeBron, it's too obviously. too soon. I think it's too yes. soon. Yes. And also, you know what the third thing is? Is I'm in that building three times a week at least, Uh huh. I see him. I have to have discussions with him. Yeah. I'm nine years older than he is. Mm-hmm. You know how weird, freaking weird that is? <laughs>
3: it's a little bizarre.
1: Hey, I named my son after you. Uh, so, what do you guys intend to do against the Ravens on Sunday? They have such a good defense, and Terrell Suggs, 16 <laughs> years. You understand what I'm
3: saying? Yeah, it's it's a it puts you in a very uncomfortable situation.
1: It's dumb. It is really – like, I, I can understand. They don't understand it the way that I'm seeing it. I think that if you were in Cleveland driving by – and you agree with me. This yeah. is what I'm saying you. But if you were in Cleveland driving by and you heard that one of the guys on the radio, he named his son – after Baker Mayfield, I think you'd think that guy is a total dumbass. Now, I think that some people obviously think I'm a total dumbass, but at least they have some modicum (laughs) of understanding that it's for different reasons and maybe we just differ in opinion and you happen to think I'm a dumbass. But if I name my son after Baker Mayfield, again, somebody who's going to be a fine quarterback, hopefully a fine person, but is nine years my junior and someone I really kind of have to work with in a way, I think that's really weird, and it would really show that I'm a sign of a dumbass. Yeah,
3: I, I would say it would put you in a put you in a bad spot. I I, I would buy it if you were only hosting your morning show in Cleveland. I if wouldn't you do it if well. I, I'm just gonna say I could I could I could buy it if you were just doing the morning show. But because of your affiliation with the team, I think it puts you in a in a, in a uncomfortable position.
1: Man alive. Man I mean, are, are, alive. Are, are, are,
3: now let me ask you this. What? Is your wife and your mother in law, are they flexible or are they really pushing hard for this?
1: They really want it. They really want it. And I'm saying, you know, I, I'm the one who says it. I signed the birth certificate. I don't think it's become a point of strong contention just yet, but I'm willing to put the foot down that, hey, you know, I, I was there for the first two births. I know how this goes. She's gonna be stoned to the bejesus. <laughs> I'm the one who signs the damn thing. And yeah. if I decide final minute that it's not gonna be named Baker, what are you gonna do? You gonna leave me? Okay, yeah. over the name? Go ahead and try it. See how that one works. Is there any way I you could find be talked one... into it? No, I don't That's think it. I can Because I can't find yeah. one person, Peter, who agrees with it other than them two. No offense to my my mm-hmm. mother-in-law. a wonderful person. Yes. And obviously, you know, I feel about my wife. God, I hope so. Yeah. And they like the ring of the name. And I think they're caught up a little bit in just the fun of it and everything like that. But he's got to live with that. Yeah. They know what he's named after. And I just think it's really... It would be really hillbilly of me, really white yeah. trash hillbilly yeah. of me. I can't, no, I can't do it. If 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 I again, if I was fifteen, and he was older than me, and as time goes on, you know, I'm a, I'm in a fan capacity, whatever it might uh-huh. be. Hey, I could see it. I could see it. My yeah. one buddy, my one one of my best buddies from back home. His, his he's named after Dan Marino, but that name is Dan.
3: Right, right.
1: But he's named after Dan Marino. So. I, I, I honestly, and in Cleveland, Bernie Kosar is a big name here. Yep. I actually do like the name Bernie. I just Bernie's know that she good. doesn't like the name. She yeah. doesn't like it, and it won't happen. Yeah, You get I, what I'm I would, pointing out there?
3: I, 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 I get you. I get you. See, I, I, I thought Munson would be a, would be cool for the middle That's name. Cool. I thought That's it would cool. be cool. He's my favorite baseball player oh, ever.
1: Yeah. He was an um, MVP while you were a kid. I mean, yeah. let's be serious here. It's shooting fish in a barrel. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for something like that. And, However, I, and I
3: visited him the last two times I was in Canton. Before.
1: You did? Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I told you my aunt dated him in high school. Went on two yeah. dates. Said he was very shy. Mm. I don't know what that says about my aunt, but you know what? That's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> I just needed to make sure I ran ran it across another prof- professional yeah, to make sure I I'm would, not stupid. I would try
3: to stay away from that. I would I would definitely. What, what you need to do is you need to do some research and come up with some some options and try and sell them on the options.
1: Yeah, I think so.
3: It it doesn't have to be a B. Like, there's no no tie to a a letter or anything like that, right? No, 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 Yeah, so... We're just having
1: problems naming the third one because the first two came so natural and so easy, the Uh the third one. Boy, that's rough. (laughs) We're having a rougher time naming them than we had during the sex, but that's, again, for another day. That's TMI. Oh, uh, it depends on who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, you're a wonderful soul. I appreciate yes, and it. And by very the very
3: Merry Christmas to you.
1: Same to you. How's that Nassau Coliseum there? Is it
3: is it looking good? Uh, they did a nice job fixing it up. It's been good. nice having the Islanders back for a few games. I was
1: good. I was at
3: the first two, the first one um, in a professional capacity, the second one with my kids, and they absolutely loved it. Good. In fact, my I want to go. The only other game at Barclays Center I want to go to is February 16th, because if if the rumors are true, and starting next year the Islanders play all their games on the Coliseum until their new arena is done, I would like to go to the last one in yeah. Brooklyn. I went to the first one, I'd like to go to the last one. I, I pitched it to my kids, and my older one is like all in. He wants to do it. My younger one is like, I never want to step foot in that building again. Hmm. I said, not even mm. for that. Goes no. I hate taking the train there. I don't want to go. They got games here now. It's right by our house. I don't want to go to the Brooklyn to Brooklyn anymore.
1: I'm an outsider, Peter. I gotta tell you, I watch. I started watching that John Spano uh, uh-huh. Thirty for Thirty again yeah. last night. And I fell asleep because I, I was like, I gotta get to bed. I gotta do the bronze and all that stuff. Um, I when I when I thought of the Islanders when I was a kid, it's always like New York, big city, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did take me a little bit to realize there is a big difference. Yeah. Between the two, and uh, I think that's a very special thing. I'm glad they're coming back to the island, and, yes. and hopefully they stayed there for years and years and years and years and years. I think that's a very special thing. I'm happy you're getting that mm-hmm. back, buddy. Absolutely, I really thank
3: am. you. Thank you. It's been great. Yes,
1: yes. Peter. And they're I th-
3: playing well, and they're good. They're doing yes. good right now. Yes, Peter. We.
1: I promise I'll be paying attention to the future, buddy. All the best to <laughs> you. Good. Yeah. Happy holidays. Same to you, my friend. The great Peter Schwartz joining us on the show when we come back. We're going to get these calls in, I promise. Also, he's done everything you can do in football except one thing. Just hear me out on it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. What a wonderful way to end it. 855-212-4CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's Toll Free Line. It's brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I have a DM here from one of my buddies who's on the radio in Pittsburgh. And he says, it were to be like if I named my kid Sydney. And I know a ton of people who grew up and who've named their son or daughter Sydney, but I just couldn't do it. I think it's the exact truth about me naming my kid Baker. There's somebody who disagrees. Joe in Cleveland, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead.
4: Kenny, you're being a total coward, my man.
1: How? How
4: is that true, Joe? First of all, your buddy in Pittsburgh is totally wrong. Sydney is a woman's name, and anyone who names their kid Sydney after that little pit squeak is a total loser.
1: My God, Joe, you can't say things like that. He's one of the greatest hockey players ever. Come on.
4: Well, yeah, that's true, but I got to give him that, but there's there's also plenty of great athletes with absolutely horrible names. How many kids do you know named Peyton? Only, only girls, right? Only little girls. Oh, you go
1: to Indiana. I guarantee if we go to Indiana, there will be plenty of people who name their kid Peyton, but yeah, go ahead.
4: Yeah. And they're probably all, uh, they're probably all crap at football. All I'm saying, (laughs) Ken, is you're being a total coward here, my friend. You know, you're a Cleveland guy. I'm a Cleveland guy. I listen to your show every single morning. Thank and I just got to tell you, I just got to tell, tell you, don't need to posture for the national audience here. You need to go all in, and you need to name the boy Baker. I mean, oh. the, your wife and your mother-in-law have a sound head on their shoulders. They sound like wonderful women. They and are. And you just need to go all in. You've seen, I'm sure, all of the pictures and the memes of, of Baker at the Last Supper and Baker and all of the Christmas memes. He's our savior here in Cleveland from sure. how many decades? I'm I'm about the same age as you, Ken. We've both endured what we've had to endure.
1: Do you gotta now- see him almost every day though? Do you gotta see him almost every day? Look him in the eye and to know that you named your son after him? You know how weird that is? I feel uh, it, you know, there's a genre of pornography to this. That is big business. I don't know if I could do that, buddy. Joe, I don't know if I could do it. I don't think I can, no. You
4: got to you gotta stand by. Do you see the way he looked Hugh Jackson in the eye today when he was running awesome. the It was, awesome. The it was awesome. Yes, he it was, was good. That guy loves to smell himself. And if you name his your kid after him, he's going to look you in the eye the same way with a little twinkle there, my friend. Oh my and goodness. you will forever be his favorite local media guy. I promise you
1: that. <laughs> Joe, I thank you for the call. I thank you very much for the call. Now, Joe's heard me. If you've heard me for any length of time, I don't take myself very seriously. So when it comes to respect, I'm not too crazy about it. It's whatever. I'm not a journalist. I'm a guy on the radio. It's just weird to me. It's not about, well, I should respect myself more than Baker. No. And he's nine years younger, and he's my son. the the other kid's my son. It's just a little bit off putting. I can't allow it. I can't allow it. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Speaking of Baker, and I'm, and there's a reason I wanted to take Joe's call. You know he's done everything, don't you? This person has done everything. Won national championships. Ah ha ha! Threw the swerve on you. This guy's won national championships. He has been in the NBA, NFL before, I should say NBA. It's getting late. He's been in the NFL before, he's done it all. And I brought this name up months ago. Hickey, you remember it, don't you? I'm racking my brain right now. You're damn right you do, because I'm going to say it. I said that somebody with a bigger voice than me, somebody more reputable than me is going to bring it up. And it's just, it's just a thought. Because when you're obsessed with your life's work, and your life's work is, is competition to a sport, when you're obsessed with it and you're thirsting for more competition, you can't tell me. And I brought this up about Jim Harbaugh once, is that Jim Harbaugh, yeah, has a better shot to beat Ohio State now. But he never beat Urban Meyer, and there's always going to be something there. He could go off and rip two national championships off for Michigan, be the be the Bo Beckler that Bo Schinbeckler was, not God rest his soul, be everything that Fielding Ye- Fielding Yost wishes he could be. He could be all those things, but he never beat Urban Meyer, and something there is going to bother him about that. And I see a coach down at Alabama who's 67 years old, who is in better shape than most D1 coaches out there is in better shape than what he was when he was photographed, and this you can find on Twitter, where when he was photographed at 44 years old at Michigan State, has won multiple national championships, has Heisman Trophy winners, makes a boatload of money. But he left Miami because he says he didn't have a quarterback. Whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. But that's what he says. Because speaking to hold him to his word, He has taken the college game, which is incredibly difficult, which you have to recruit. You have to get 17-year-olds to give their lives, and he's been able to do it. As he's become increasingly older, he's become increasingly more powerful, and he hasn't lost his edge. This isn't Paterno. This isn't Bill Snyder. This isn't anything like that. This is a man who is on. He is bullet on. He's one of the most fierce competitors that you will see in professional sports or college sports. He's missing one thing, the mountaintop of the NFL. Now, you know, Hickey, that Nick Saban was a name I brought up about a month and a half ago. Yeah, what we discussed around the show. F- for an intense person where he was just brought up with a more reputable name than mine on FS1, where he was brought up with somebody who certainly has a bigger broadcast range than I do on FS1. And now you can talk about it with seriousness. A man who has taken college football and turned it to a level that most of us play with it with video games, a complete mastery of the game. And at 67 years old, there will be a time where he gets a little bit too old. There will be a time where some of that fire starts to burn out. There will be a time for that. But at that age, where I think he's just a couple of years younger than Paul Bear Bear Bryant was when he retired and then passed away a month later that you can't tell me he's not thinking about it. Going back up to where he was an assistant underneath Bill Belichick, cutting his teeth as a defensive coach, working underneath one of the all-time legends and now finding himself in parity with that guy, at least on the college level. He is the Belichick of college. But could he do it in the NFL level? Where the players are different, where the, the term of winning is different, The money's obviously, well, you can make a hell of a lot of money at Alabama, so I can't use that as an argument anymore. Where the terms are a little bit different, and with a quarterback like that, you can't tell me, for a man who's addicted to competition, that hasn't thought about it just once. And some of it can be used as some sort of a reasoning to get more money out of Alabama. He always is playing the power game, but everything he's done, people's responded to. And he looks at that quarterback, a guy who leads that football team and leads that organization and leads that franchise. And for so many folks who look at the Cleveland Browns and think, man, Greg Williams, he seems to have a real strong hand on it. He might be the one guy out there right now who can unseat it. I know he might not be around forever. Even though, gosh, you really have to have a soul to pass away, don't you? But if you look back on it, You can't tell me that there isn't something in the back of Nick Saban's head or the back of Nick Saban's cold, dead heart because he is a stone-cold killer. It doesn't say he just doesn't once think what could have been in Miami and what could be if he were to give it one more serious look. He's accomplished everything there is to accomplish in college football. He is bar none. You can argue it as much as you want. He is the most accomplished Greatest head coach in college football history. He's doing it at a harder time than anybody's ever had to do it. And at 67 years old, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth, but he's got that still one last chance if he really wants it. Where if Cleveland were to come calling, you can't tell me you wouldn't listen. It's one great shot to stand on the mountaintop. And to perhaps, because he would do it in college and he would do it in the NFL, not just gain parity. But to bring that organization back from the depths to do it with that quarterback, you're looking at a guy who could have a sta- who could have a statue in two different places. Eight five five two one two four CBS. We're going to do all calls. Forget about around the league here, uh, Hick. Let me go to Rich in Ohio. Rich, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. What's up, Ken? Hello, Rich. Let me have it, How are friend. You? Oh, oh my God! Mike Tomlin has got to go. Wait, you want to fire Mike Tomlin? Are you? Yes, he's got to go. Rich, you're... I'm sorry, but you're I'm breaking a up. A... I don't like to see. There you go. No, Br- Rich, you're breaking up a little bit. No, I, I, I want to make arguments for Mike Tomlin. Well, you know what? Let me get to JV in Pittsburgh. He says he supports what Tomlin did. Hopefully, have better reception. JV, you there? JV, JV's out. Allen, Virginia. Al, are you there? Hey. hey Al, I'm doing horrible. Go ahead, friend.
4: Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have an issue with him going forward on fourth down the day, but I just have an issue with over throughout his history, they lose to bad teams. And I have had heated arguments with staunch Pittsburgh Steelers fans that they lose to teams they should never lose to. And I agree with you 100%. They should have ran away with this division the last couple of years.
1: Oh, it's an absolute disgrace, Al. And, and, and I mean, coming from it, this it, and the other side. Now, I think, I do think that I'm the Rooneys. A... go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I,
3: I, I've been a fan of that since
4: I was like six years old. I'm talking Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, Tomlin. But they just have a history of losing to bad teams, and I just can't wrap my head around it.
1: Well, the Saints, uh, the problem with it is, and Al, you're breaking up a little bit, and I thank you for the call. The Saints are a good football team. I got no problem with the Saints. I don't think anybody in America has a problem with the Saints. You go back to a couple of weeks ago against Oakland, that was the one that is unforgivable. But if I watch what Mike Tomlin's done this year – I always have wanted to fight for Mike Tomlin. I think he's been a little bit of a he's had problems because of his quarterback. You got a quarterback who doesn't want to learn at times, who is naturally one of the best quarterbacks of this generation, but again, at times makes makes decisions that are so stupid. I think that a mannequin in a dumpster might be smarter than he is. So when I watch Ben Roethlisberger in this offense plays, especially this year. There's times where it works like a symphony, and it's so fantastic. But now, as they sit there at eight, six, and one, and they're outside of the playoffs, looking in, and your fate is in the Browns' hands. I can be nothing but disappointed, nothing but disappointed in Ben Roethlisberger, who has still had a sterling career, being nothing but disappointed in Mike Tomlin, the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and when I see Mike Tomlin punt or fake a punt on fourth and five in his own half of the field when it's Drew Brees on the other side. And it's explained to me as if, well, you know, he wanted to keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. Everybody wants to keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. What would you rather give Drew Brees, though, 90 yards or 50? It's not that hard to figure that out. Drew Brees is the type of quarterback. He can put it on you at any time. Them's there are the breaks. But when Mike Tomlin does that, and then they end up giving up the touchdown anyway, you're telling me that it's too big for you. Now, I think that Pittsburgh has learned a lesson, a harsh lesson from Cleveland over the last 20 years where hiring, drafting poorly, firing, hiring, hiring, drafting poorly, firing, and rinsing and washing and repeating, that isn't the answer either. I think they've learned that from their own in-division foe as much as it pains me to say it. And the Roonies have been one of the gold standard families of professional sports since 1933 that's all absolutely true and i really do respect it however when you see a division that we started off this year where Cleveland was an out-and-out disgrace, hoping that things were going to be better, and they have been better. Baltimore is an up-and-down football team that you could never take seriously every single Sunday, and Cincinnati is basically the styrofoam of the NFL. It's there. You can't really recycle it. You don't know what to do with it, and it has no use once you've taken it out of the box. To not be able to win that division – To not be able to walk away with that division is disgraceful. And I know Mike Tomlin's been a great coach in the past, but you look crazy on the sidelines. You're looking like you're making worse and worse mistakes as the time goes on, making worse and worse calls as the time goes on. And I know people have been paying attention to Harbaugh, to Marvin Lewis. They've already rid themselves of Hugh Jackson in Cleveland. I got to wonder what Mike Tomlin's doing. And maybe the moment, maybe the pressure is becoming a little bit too much. I might be back next week. I might not. If not, big thanks to Hickey. Big thanks to Zim. Big thanks to McKeon for taking care of me. If I'm not back next week, I love you. I thank you for every single second you listen. But I will be back on Saturday, midday, 10 a.m. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful week, my friends.